This little light of mine. Come on now. I'm gonna let it shine. Sing it out. Come on now. This little light of mine. Come on. I'm gonna let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Come on, don't let Satan. Well, now don't let Satan blow it out. Come on. I'm gonna let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. Come on. I'm gonna let it shine. Sing, don't let Satan blow it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. I'm gonna shine it all over Hilo. I'm gonna shine it all over Hilo. I'm gonna let it shine. I'm gonna shine it all over Hilo. I'm gonna let it shine. I'm gonna shine it all over Hilo. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. If you really believe with me, sing this little light of mine. Here we go. This little light of mine. Yeah. Huh? See it out. Oh, how not? This little. This little light of mine. Yes, sir. Sing this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. 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 One more time. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. God, we don't need another church service this morning. We need to meet with you, Lord. There's people dying every day without knowing you as Lord and Savior. Separated from you for all eternity. May we never be casual about our worship. May we be never casual about you, Lord. About the gospel. The only word, the only message that rescues a man from death into life. Thank you for the glorious gospel. We, we announce today that it's the only message that saves today. And we denounce today any false gods of culture or content that will replace you in that mode. We are that church, Lord, that believes there's only one true God. His name is Jehovah. He is revealed through His Son, Jesus. No other name but Jesus. And if you believe me, and you believe the Word of God especially, would you give God a big amen today? Amen. As you know, God has uh, put Japan on our heart as a church five years ago. We announced that the unchurched people group that we were going to adopt, Hanai, would be the Japanese people in the nation of Japan. Did you know new stats say that less than 3% follow Jesus? Nevertheless, we will go with a secular stat, less than 1% 
follows Jesus. And so for you and me, the difference is, is for Hilo, specifically Hilo Town or Hawaii, for every 20 people in Hawaii, there's one Christian, one believer. In Japan, for every 4,000 people, there's one Christian, one believer. There is an urgency that we must understand as a church that is far beyond our comfort zone here in Hawaii. And as I watch social media through the weeks come, I am concerned for our church. I'm concerned for our church, number one, because we have compromised the gospel in this church. Not much amens. Because it's true. This church has compromised the gospel. We have put a lot of energy in created things rather than our creator. I've seen it all over social media. We are more excited about things that has nothing to do with the gospel than the gospel itself. I'm concerned. Now, I'm excited because there is a concern. And with that concern, there is an answer. Can I get a witness out there? There is an answer. There is an opportunity. We've wrote blogs on what's been going on in the world today, specifically on the Mauna and what's going on in El Paso yesterday. If you not know, people were brutally murdered in all over the United States this past week. There were shootings upon shootings. Evil, heinous acts have been taking place while we sit comfortably in our homes and do nothing about it. And so this is what I want us to focus on today. I want us to focus a global view of the gospel. I don't want to just focus on what's going on in the Mauna, a cultural view, because that is an issue. And we, as a church, oh, I just want to make it clear, we support what's going on in the Mauna with the Hawaiians, all right? We agree that what's going on there is heva, it's evil, and I'm not trying to be political today, but it's true if you understand the history and how we've been a bad steward of the Hawaiian people and just Native American in general, there's been an issue. Now, I can go on that issue and make that my whole point today, but there is an answer to our issue today. Can I get a witness out there? We can, we can, I can make El Paso an issue today, and it is an issue. We pray that God would comfort those who have lost loved ones. But as you sing today, do you know you worship a God with power? Do you know that you worship a God that breaks every chain? May we never come into this building thinking that I got it all together. But may we come into this building knowing that I am flawed and I need Jesus this morning. Come on, let me hear that. We got to understand everyone in this room falls short of the glory of God. Even while we were worshiping, I am a coach by nature. Auntie Donna knows. I am am critical. I am controlling. and And I'm transparent. I'm going to be honest with you. The first song wasn't going my way. So I was rebuking the band while the first song was going. You may say, oh, man, you're a mean pastor. I am human trying to lead people. And when they're not listening to me, I get in my flesh. How many of you like me, right? Oh, only one of you because you guys are all perfect in this room, right? But you're the pastor. You carry the title. You went to seminary. Blah, blah, blah. Baloney. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. No matter how much you practice, how much you perform, we still need Jesus. We've been saying it for the last years. We never graduate from the gospel. The gospel is the greatest message we have. Well, some are focused on eschatology issues. There's still people in this world, like in Japan, that has never heard of the first coming of Jesus. 
So, so there is an understanding and a viewpoint. We understand that the gospel must be the, the centrality of our lives. If not, this church will close its doors too. Now, we always have the message right. It's about Jesus. It's not about man. It's about creator, not about the creation. Can I get an amen there, right? Well, as we affirm things, we also have to denounce things. We don't live in a world that says everybody must get along. That's not the reality. That's why we have TMT issues. That's why we have Haole and Hawaiian issues. That's why we have racism issues. Because we don't live in that world today. The world that God created in Genesis 1 is no longer the world God intended it to be today. Because that is sin. Sin has ravaged the world. And so going to Japan, man, I was all I was excited going there, but it was probably one of the most challenging trips. I took seven trips already up there. I want to give you a good report that our church plant, Praise Church, in uh, Musashi Sakai Station area in the Tokyo area is doing well. God is blessing them. Yeah. God has really like used Pastor June and just to announce today we are bringing Pastor June, his wife and Aoi, their little baby girl, to our services in February, March. Yeah. So you guys will get to meet our church planet there, but God is doing amazing things to uh, praise church in Tokyo. Uh, but also what we spent a week doing, the first week doing was doing VBS and you know, you guys know this, I don't do VBS in Hilo. Like, only for you laugh because you know that I don't do it. I don't do it. Like, it's not my gift. Like, my children, amen. You know why? Because I can discipline my children, right? And nobody catch feelings, right? And all that, right? But you try to hang out with some Japanese new age stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just like America. Everybody, the mama, the brother, sister, auntie, all of them, they're all entitled. It's not just in America. Japan has the same little issues. And they're, this is how God would bless me, all right? The hardest person I had a challenge with was a boy by the name of Ezekiel. <laughs> and Ezekiel loved one thing. He loved showing his okole to everybody. He's a military child. Make it hold on, Hawaiians. Not only that, this brother was also, was also the son to the main VBS director. All right? I wish he would. I mean, this didn't really bring up gospel urgency for me. You know what I'm saying? Well, I thought, like, Jesus, deal with him. I'm done with him already, all right? I mean, Yokahu had two classes, all right? Four classes, but out of the two, the first class was two and three years old, and the next class was three and uh, four and five years. That will bless your heart. <laughs> Trying to share the gospel, right, from death to life, right, in a child setting was a child. I, I was more dependent on the Holy Spirit than ever in my life. Like, it was such a challenge. And those of you who do Cakey Church, God bless you. God bless you. I knew before I even accepted that it wasn't my gift and my role. But nobody would step up to share the gospel in our group. Shame on them, right? And all that. But, so they had to deal with me. It was joy. Um, it, was a, it was a church, international church, uh, half Japanese and half military. Um, we had over 100 kids show up to this church. Uh, 60% of those children don't attend church. Um, so we could also say that many of them didn't follow Jesus as well based on the uh, communications we have. But there's a picture on the screen I want to show you. And this was really the highlight of my trip. This guy' name is Brian, another Brian, right? 
and he's Korean as well, right? Uh, Brian, the name, the Koreans and the name Brian is just stick, I guess. Anyway, Brian is from Korea, so Korea. Him and his wife lived in Oahu for several years. And they had a little beautiful girl, they have a little beautiful girl named Fiona. Fiona is about three, four years old. She both speaks Japanese, English, and Korean, all right, at that age. And so they, she, he had, he'd never been to church in his life, evangelical Christian church. Never been to church in his life. His mother was a, a devout Buddhist, and his father was an atheist. And he's of the new age uh, belief where he believes in himself, that as long as he's a good person. And so we got to talk, and on the last day, yeah, I, we did a big uh, Ohana circle, and we prayed together with the parents. He asked me, who is Jehovah, right? Um, and so we got to, what a great question, right, to leverage the gospel. And we got to have a great, great answer about this, because he was battling, and some of you may not know this, but for those who do know this, he was battling with the understanding of the Trinity, that there are three separate gods. Now, we don't teach that. That is modalism. We denounce modalism. We believe in the Trinitarian view of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There are three persons in, as one Godhead. And so we have to explain to them. And then that just branch off so many questions that literally, I promise you, when our last day came in Japan, the pastor of the church texted uh, us and told us, man, that conversation we had with, uh, Brian Lee has made him more interested in the gospel. So would you pray for Brian Lee? In fact, let, would you just right now go in prayer with God? Let's not be confined to our service structure today. Let's ask God to save Brian. God, we pray for Brian Lee. And God, we pray that you would rescue this beautiful brother. Fiona, the daughter, and then his wife, would you? It wasn't by chance that us Hawaii people got to meet a family who had ties in Hawaii. He would say every day, he would say every day in his broken English, how's it Hawaiian? You know, like I can hear him right now just saying that. And God, thank you so much for Brian Lee and, and your grace upon Brian. Save him in the name of Jesus. Make him know you, God. God, may he repent of his sins. And may he trust in you as the Lord and Savior, as your Lord, as his personal Lord and Savior. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's Ohana says, Amen. Amen. We're jumping back into our, our Mark series. Uh, we are an expository church, meaning we go through books of the Bible, verse by verse. And uh, we have this opportunity to take a break this past summer and go, jump into the book of Titus. And now we're jumping back into the gospel of Mark. And two things I want to remind you about this gospel. Number one, out of the four gospels, the gospel of Mark is the shortest and fastest analog going on. The gospel of Mark moves quickly, but secondly, we also understand that the gospel of Mark is targeting a specific audience, and that audience is the Roman Christians. And this is pretty pretty significant because this is the last audience we know of in the 66 books of the Bible that addresses the gospel. What happens after Rome, we have no account of outside of secular church history. And so we see these two big things bringing us back to the understanding, right, that the gospel of Mark is about Jesus. Can I get a witness? It's about his life. It's about his death. It's about his resurrection. And what we see is the author, Mark, gives us hope. You may ask, why does Mark give us hope? Because just like everyone in this room, Mark didn't always have it together. We learn in the 
epistles of Acts, right, we learn that Mark was very immature in his faith. And just like many of us in this room, as we are growing in Christ, we make decisions that don't look like Jesus. Therefore, Mark had some hakaka with uh, the Apostle Paul. Mark abandoned the Apostle Paul and his cousin Barnabas on a mission trip. Therefore, in the process of that, Paul meets up with, uh, with Mark on a trip and wants to jump back on board with Paul. And Paul says, no, there's this big fight. Barnabas splits with his cousin Mark. And then Paul splits with a man named Silas. And they, go, they both go in the def- different dir- directions and they both advance the gospel. What we know of Mark is that in the last letters of Paul, Paul now talks highly about Mark. So here's the hope, right? That Jesus can take Kolohe brothers and Kolohe sisters and make them new in Christ, okay? Uh, And this is the beautiful joy of today's message that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly everything that we could ever ask or think of. So with that understanding, with that background, I want us to jump into the Gospel of Mark Chapter 5, and I want us to stand again in the reading of God's word. As much as we are excited about worship through the standing and, and singing and all, we also stand for the reading of God's word if you're new to our church. In reverence and adoration, it begins this way, the first 20 verses. It says, they came to the other side of the sea, to the, con- to the country of Gerasens, which is also uh, uh, Galilee. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with a what? Unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you do to me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of me, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked, What is your name? He replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he began, he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. And they begged him saying, send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs and the herd. Numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and, the country, and in the country. And people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion sitting there, clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has been mercy. He had mercy on you. 
And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone, say that big word, marveled. Lord, may we marvel at your word today. May we be in awe of who you are and who you say you are. And by your spirit, God, not by man's articulation or man-made structures or systems, but by your Holy Spirit, would you give us the ike and the manao to trust in you today. God, give us wisdom where there is no wisdom. God, give us repentance where there needs to be repentance of our sin. Lord, thank you for doing what we could not do for ourselves. Thank you for rescuing us. In Jesus' name, and God's ohana says, Amen. For the next two weeks, you may be seated. For the next two weeks, we're going back, and we're going to look at the doctrine of healing. In the day and age where this doctrine has been misabused in the last 50 years, healing, I still believe today that healing, supernatural healing, not just medicines from doctors, I believe that healing still exists. Can I get a witness there, right? Uh, we have experienced it in our own in our own family, right? In our own ohana. People have been free literally from cancer in this room. Beyond doctor's medicine. God has used his spirit in our fellowship. And the list can go on. And all the testimonies we've seen in the days of the bus stop days. God is a God who heals people. And so the title of our message for the next two weeks is that Jesus is our healer. Say it with me. One, two, three. Jesus is our healer. And I want to give you two realities from our text today, and I want us to respond in towards what God is telling us to do today. Number one, the reality of demon possession. We see a few things biblically about demon possession. Number one, demons are real. Now, you may not know that, You may think demons only exist during the Halloween season. Demons are real. They're constantly moving abroad. And the Bible actually called demons fallen angels. What does that mean? That means demons used to follow God in heaven. We get a clear picture of what fallen angels or demons are or became like demons in Revelation chapter 12. It says, now war arose in heaven. Michael and the angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down on the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. Now I believe from a scholarly thought, also from a spiritual thought, that these demons come in different shapes, forms, right? Uh, different contexts. For instance, here in Hawaii, I believe all the Obaki stuff we grew up listening to, the Obaki files, anybody remember the book, right? All these things, I think they're real. In the context, biblically, of demons. I believe spiritual, and listen to me, when we, when our faith is based on what we see, we are blinded. Because true faith must be what we don't see, right? And so I believe everything physical, you've heard me say this before, is the result of things spiritual. Therefore, there was a battle in heaven that took place, and everything that we are experiencing today is in direct connection to what happened in heaven. 
Many scholars, and I believe with them, that this happened before the creation of the world. And Revelation tells us what these fallen angels are like. In the verses today, we see a man possessed, not with one demon, but a whole legion of demons. Nearly 2,000 plus demons were in this one man. In Matthew's accounts, there were two possessed men. Right? And they were filled with these demons. Only in this gospel of Mark and Luke do we talk, do we see one possessed man. Same story. But the, the same value and truth of the story is that we are in need of saving. So we see that. Number two, we see that demons have supernatural strength. In verses three and four, you see that this demon, that was, the demons that were in this man, this man, just like you and me, right? Who was able to be, to be shackled, but break those shackles off with his natural, supernatural ability that nobody could shackle him. No one could hold this man down because of the supernatural power that the demons had influence in him. Thirdly, we see demons controls human functioning. In verse 5, this is the definition of what it means to be possessed. Now, this is what's going to happen. As you look at these truths, you're going to be like questioning, man, I think I'm demon-possessed. Like, because there's some things I want to bring up, and you're going to be like, Brad, that's me, and I'm going to be honest with you, that may be you. At the same time, that may not be you. The way we're going to address this is through the Word. So, so demons have supernatural strength, and demons control human functions based on verse 5. The, the demon's main goal, Satan, their father, his main goal comes out of John 10.10, 10, where it says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now listen to me, because I see all your Facebook rants, all right? I, I watch all what you guys see on Facebook, everything like that. And you always think that the enemy is about that sister or brother down the road from you. Can I get a witness out there, right? And that's completely wrong. That is not biblical, all right? The issue is our spiritual things. The issue is not the sister brought it down the road, right? The issue is the enemy, the devil. Demon possession is real. It comes in different shapes. It comes in different forms. It comes in different outward appearances. And we are naive to think that all devils look like Hellboy. You may not know what Hellboy is, right? Right? This big red monster of a beast, right? With, with, Half horns or horns or whatever the case is. We think that's what the devil always looks like. But a devil, listen to me, in scripture it said that Satan was an angel of light. Meaning that he can look just like God. This is why in the book of Revelation we talk about the Antichrist. And people, many people in the last days are going to follow the Antichrist. And this is how you can tell the difference between the Antichrist and true Jesus Christ. Is that the Antichrist is going to say what you have to do to be in right standing with God. Versus Jesus says this is what I have done in order for you to have right standing with God. Are we on the same page today? And so we see that the demons uh, has this function. And here's the deal. And I've dealt with this with football players. I deal with this with youth ministry in the years past. We see in our verse today that this possessed man cut himself randomly, hurt himself. What am I, what am I trying to get here? I'm trying to tell you this, that we have children in Hawaii that don't find any identity in anything else. 
So what they tend to do is to cut themselves with razors today. I've been talking to one of our athletes, and I opened up my door for counseling, and they told me that he's, he told me that he's been beaten before by, his, by his, one of his parents, and it was just hard for me. And because of that, he hurts himself. Listen to me. The devil has no grace and mercy for those who are loved by God. God loves humans. In fact, humans are, their, are his greatest creation to anything else. But they're not great because there's something great inside of them, in and of itself. God values us because he values his son, Jesus. God doesn't love you more than his son. He loves you because he loves his son in you. If you don't have Jesus today, I pray that you would receive him today. I pray that you would hear these words. That every one of us, all right, whether we were or we are, we've all been possessed by the devil. And how that all fleshed out before Christ can be fleshed out differently because of Christ. So listen to me. Demons have supernatural strength. Demons control human functions. But number four, in verses six and seven, we see that demons know Jesus. Now this verse in verses six and seven is out of context. Some people, because they, because what we see in this text is not the human being crying out to God. It's actually the demons crying out to God. Understanding this biblically from the Revelation chapter 12 talk, right? In fact, in these verses, the demons acknowledges Jesus with these words. You can see it in the verses. It says, Jesus is the son of the most high God. What happened? They went from this intimidating figure to now the ones that's being intimidating. There is a shift that takes place when Jesus comes face to face with the demons. They begin to become intimidating. This is a beautiful picture because for however long these demons lived in this man, the many demons that lived in this man, and they bullied and they chastised and they intimidated these, these people in this town, the roles have shifted because, shifted because of Jesus. Can I get a witness there, right? Here's a reality truth, biblical truth, right? When Jesus shows up, he comes with power. Let me say that again. When Jesus shows up, he comes with power. I want you to know that, that God can free you. God can clean you. God can get rid of, it's not just some, it's not just a process something. God can completely change you from who you are to who you need to be in him. There's power in you. In fact, when the demons saw him from away, they ran to him because all creation must bow to the feet of its creator. That must take place. When they saw their creator in the flesh, right? They were intimidated. They were scared. They even asked Jesus, please do not cast, please do not do anything to us. Don't let us leave from this city. Why? Because every demon has an assignment like every Christian has an assignment. This demon's assignment by their father, Satan, was to stay right here in Galilee. 
this area of Galilee. Because Satan is the opposite of God. Satan cannot be like God. Satan is not omnipresent. Satan cannot hear all things, know all things. Satan can't do all that. So he need, look at me, he need fellow scrubs to do it for him. Right? So, and if they don't do their job, just like any issue, they'll get reprimanded for it. But when they saw their creator, Jesus, in human form, they were intimidated. Which leads us to another biblical reality about demons. Number five, in verses 8 13, we see that demons are cast out by Jesus. This is where the power is displayed. When the demons saw Jesus, listen to me. They knew it was all power. They knew it was over. Even, they even asked if they could have the permission. Listen to me. They even asked if they could have the permission to host another body, right? And what they did, like any sinful being, right? They demoted themselves from the current body. They went from a human being, God's most prized creation, right? To an ass. To go into swine. What we learn historically is that Jesus didn't just love the Jews who were God's chosen people. Jesus also loved the Gentiles. And we know that this wasn't a Jewish setting because Jews do not eat pork, right? So Jesus shows lots of compassion, lots of grace, lots of aloha to this community. Right? And so Jesus allows that request to be answered. And so, like any sinful person, demons who are completely sinful, right? They basically requested to go from a Ferrari to a to a beat up pinto. Right? That's what sin does. Sin always perverts and counterfeits the real good stuff. And that's what we do in our life. We try to go and get the worst stuff. That is an example of demonic possession. And I want you to see this biblical truth, that demons must have permission before they can have possession. Read that out with me. One, two, three. Demons must have permission before they can have possession. This is very consistent with all scriptures, specifically the book of Job, the oldest book we have in all scriptures. Actually, Job probably took place before Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers by scholarly thought. All right, And so in that book, Satan had permission to torment Job based on God's answer to his request so i want you to hear this this is beautiful all right the devil his legion his his partners in crime cannot do nothing apart from god's permission to do so now this is beautiful because this tells us about god's sovereignty in our life while man is fighting for their own sovereignty god is completely sovereign today God is in complete control today. I want you to notice that it did not take Jesus much effort to fix or to request this issue or to fix or to answer the request of these demons. The same way God created the heavens and the earth is the same way God allowed this permission to take place. How? With his breath. He didn't touch the gentleman. He didn't rip anything out of the gentleman. 
All he said, go be with that. But even more than that, the swine did what only the swine could do when it was possessed by the demon. And they killed themselves. They drowned. And I want you to hear this very clear. When God speaks things into existence, right? He's not trying to make something take place. He's all-powerful. He's all-sovereign. He's in control. God spoke it into existence. Therefore, it took place. And I want you to hear me very clear today. Even though we have this prosperity gospel issue going on in our context today, I still believe today that it's very biblical to announce things the way Jesus announced things. So if there is drug addiction in your life, if there's sexual immorality in your life, then I believe that this words of speaking into ex- to ex- uh, to existence, be gone, is very true for us today. Many of us were one praise away from our breakthrough. You heard me? I pray that the songs we do and, and the worship experience and environments we create is not something that comes out of just an empty heart or a cool fad facade deal, but it really comes from a heart. Man, we want people to be desperate for the Lord. And the way they become desperate for the Lord is how we leverage God's word in their life. Our last point will be Paul Hanna today. We see the reality of a divine presence. In verses 14 to 20, this describes what happens when Jesus heals someone. Specifically healed from demon possession. Number one, we see a public experience, right, in God's presence. In verses 14 and 16, our verses say that the town rushed over to see what had happened. And when they got there, they were amazed. They were wild because this same man they saw for years acting populi. Acting crazy, right, is now sane in his right mind. He was no longer half naked or naked. He now had clothing on him. He now was acting right. He seemed right. People in this town, in this city, in this province, in this region, got to see God's power with him there at the setting. This verse should amaze us today because it's true for us today. Do you know right now in China, there's over 30,000 Chinese people coming to faith in Jesus every single day. One of the biggest populations in the world. That should get you guys excited. And that's probably not getting you excited because you're not really experienced God's power. And I pray you experience God's power. Not because of what you don't see, but because of what, who you know is God. Number two. We see that a, there's a public rejection in God's presence. The public rejects God's presence in verse 17. Even after what Jesus did, right, people asked him to leave. Some say they asked him to leave because they ruined their food processing, right? They, like he made their spam go off the cliff, right? Like for a Hawaiian, you get punched in the face. Can I get a witness, right? You don't mess with our spam to be, right? But that's what Jesus did. Their main source of food, 2,000 plus pigs, were drowned and killed. So some of them were angry at that. Some of them were angry at this because the Jewish belief wasn't the same there in that Galilee area. It was a Gentile area. This is what I believe. Alongside with only a few scholars, right? I believe that though they experienced God, 
just like us today, in our sin, they rejected him straight out because they were sinful. We don't reject God because we want God. We don't want God in general. Our sin separates us from him. I believe they rejected Jesus simply because they were sinful people. And we could point the finger at this town and say, man, they are foolish. But in all reality, this part of the gospel is not talking about an extension of us. This part of the gospel is talking about us. We reject Jesus every day. Even as believers who's been, blood, who's been bought by the blood of Jesus, who knows Jesus, though we've been free from sin, sin still affects our day-to-day life. This is why it is important that we not just focus on Sunday as being the means for our Christianity, but for our day-to-day life-giving bread. As we celebrate first fruits in our offering today, may our first fruit of our heart daily be given to Jesus. We will see less rejection. We'll see less carnality, right? When we put our faith and trust in Christ daily. Number three, we see that the public is still blessed by God's presence. This is grace. This is mercy. The man, the demon-possessed man who's healed now, wants to jump in the boat with Jesus and tag along with him, right? But Jesus does something that is beautiful. He tells him no. Stay. And then Jesus gives him a reason why he should stay. Why should you stay? He tells him in the last few verses, right? So you can tell everybody in the city and in the town how good God has been to you. Here's the problem with Christians today. We want to live in a bubble. We can point the finger at this healed man But every one of us is just like this healed man where we've experienced Jesus and all we want is Jesus. Perfect example. I took a group of people to Japan in March. And you could not get any more fired up about Jesus than in March when we was in Japan. Because we was hanging around a lot of Jesus followers. But you come back home, you get put back in the work, like the real mission. Can I get a witness, right? You start having some headbutts with some co-workers and all that. It's not so much fun hanging out with Jesus anymore. Can I get a witness, right? It's not fun following Jesus. I know this. I know this. If all I did was stay in my office uh, every week, it would be be absolutely easy. But that's why most of my day, especially in in this season, is focused on a football field. Because I have a hundred-something men or young men and parents included that needs hope. And let me tell you, when you hang around a bunch of knuckleheads... All right? The only result of hanging around with knuckleheads, because I am one included, I'm not separated, I am a knucklehead included, is knucklehead stuff. Doesn't sound very Christian. Doesn't look very Christian. Right? May this be a turning point for us. God blesses people through you. God didn't rescue you, this guy, for the sake of him just sitting on it. God rescued this guy so that those who needed to be rescued may be rescued 
through Jesus, through this individual. What kind of love is that when all we do is express love to those who look and act just like us? That is not love. And I agree, we have to have a stance for what is right and what is wrong. But nevertheless, God has called us to declare His goodness to our town, to our community. And here's the reality. Well, God gave the demons permission to lead themselves to their own deaths. God does not give us permission to lead ourselves or others to our own deaths. We call this homicide. We call this murder. We call this suicide. We call this death. God has given us Jesus to give life to the poor. And this is God's grace to us. I want you to see what happens in verses 18 again. It says... Verses 18 to 20, as he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Can I get a witness there, right? And he went away and began to proclaim in Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. God rescued you to be a blessing. It's not on the screen. But Psalm 67.7 says this. The Lord blesses us so that the ends of the earth may fear him. Today, do you fear Christ? A fear of reverence, a fear of relationship, like a, a, a parent to their child, a child to their parent. Do you fear God? Or is today just an other go-through-the-motion kind of day? Listen to me. If your life and the things you do and the things you get is easy, I would question it. Because nothing in Scripture was ever easy. Even when the New Testament Christians were, were getting all, was being blessed in the New Testament church, do you know what was happening in prior to that? They were being killed. They were being persecuted. And I want to encourage you today that your life is significant because of what Jesus has accomplished on the cross for you and for me. Remember I said in the beginning that I'm concerned? Well, I thank God that that concern is a small little issue. Why? Because Jesus is all powerful. And so this is what we're going to do. We're going to have a time of vala'au. And what we're going to do is I'm going to ask our alaka'i to come up right now to the front of the stage. And I'm going to ask everyone in this room who is a human being, so you can't get out of this now, all right, to confess your sins today. Those of you who are actual members of this church, I would ask you to come talk to our alaka'i. If not, talk to one of our group leaders here. Talk to my wife. 
talk to someone in this room that you know that is a group leader. Those of you who are members. Those of you who are visitors and all that, you respond the way God is leading you. But I'm calling our people, the ones who are members and regular attenders of this ohana. I want you to respond. I want you to talk about your sin in this room. May we not be a cruise ship church this morning. May we not be just a warship church this morning. Right? May we be a rescue ship this morning. May, be, may there be a labor of confessed sins in this building today. So that, listen to me, we may experience freedom in the healing power of Jesus. Does that make sense? So come to our alakai, come to someone next to you or whatever the case is, confess your sin. And this is what we want to do. We don't want to surprise you with this, but we're going to reach out to you this week. I promise. I told the alakai, whoever you talk to, write it down and let's see how we can connect with them to walk in love and grace with them. Let's stop talking about Christianity. Let's start being Christians today, all right? Let's not going to church when it's accommodating our schedule and our wants. Let's be the church wherever we are, okay? So uh, after I pray for us, let's respond in song, in adoration, in confession of sin. Let's respond. I'll come down to the help of the Alakai. Jesus, we love you. Break every chain, Lord. Break every chain, God. We pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus.